Hey, what's up? Welcome to episode 19 of Movie Dumpster. Today we're talking Tetsuo, the Iron Man from 1989, directed by Shinya Tsukamoto. I'm Joel Escola. I'm Sean Rourke. I'm Connor, the metal fetishist McGraw. Welcome to the dumpster. Hey, everybody, you enjoy your ride to Oz? <laughs> if that's what you want to call it. <laughs> this movie's fucking nuts! My ride through the Japanese of Twin Peaks Season 3 Volcano. Um, if David Lynch, Takashi Miike, and Richard Elfman all fucked each other into oblivion, this is all that would be left. <laughs> There'd be like a pump stain on the ground with this movie sitting in the middle of it. It's weird you say that because I've got, I guess in my in, in my surrealist and horror uh, filmmaker orgy is Sam Raimi, Cronenberg, uh, Lynch, a little bit of Mike, and probably... Eh, that's, okay, that's about it. You know, it's like if Junji Ito fucking made a movie. No, no, it's Shinya Tsukamoto, and he's he's out of his fucking mind. Yeah, yeah. Uh, This movie has two sequels, by the way. Yeah, the Bullet Man, and what's the other one? Body Hammer. I kind of want to watch them now. I, <laughs> I want to revisit them, because I've never seen two. I've seen three. Three is, a, I think it's, it's, I think it's American produced. Um, and the metal fetishist returns in that one in his tracksuit. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> it's got a similar premise. Like, I was telling Sean before we got going that each one isn't really canonically connected to the other ones. First and foremost, this movie is a straight-up art film. I mean, yeah. make no mistake, this is very... It's like that surrealistic, torturous, like, black-and-white kind of shit. This is an uncompromised... Uh, vision of sci-fi horror or cyberpunk horror. It's like a fever dream. Oh yeah, and it, running at only an hour long, it feels like a dream. It 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 ends, and you're like, where the f- what happened? <laughs> I think that's why I just personally just jump right to Lynch. Uh, it, you know, all the stuff he did with Twin Peaks, like Blue Velvet. Uh, you know, it's just the kind of shit he did in those movies and those TV shows, just like burrow into my mind. Um, you know, the scene with the firemen in season three. Uh, this is what this movie is all about. It's like, take that and just, just fucking run with it. But it was made like 30 years ago. It's, it's much more in the vein of like a racer head. Yes. It's just bizarre for the sake of being bizarre. I mean, there is an underlying context to all of it, but it goes off the fucking rails and it's like, what are we doing? If you come into this movie expecting like a typical movie, you're going to be sorely uh, mistaken. I, I said also said to Sean before we started, this is a movie I can't, and I'll save most of this spiel for later on, but it's a movie I can't recommend to anybody based on quality. It's how much I know and understand their personal endurance. Right. Because I couldn't recommend this to someone who who couldn't take this, the the, the sound, the music, the visuals, because they, and I would, it, if they said they tapped out in 15 minutes, I would be like, okay, that's understandable. <laughs> yeah, they, they made it further than most people would have. Uh, I'm surprised I haven't seen this before. I've heard of it, but I've never actually watched it, and I feel like it's on a list 
somewhere that I have of like movies to buy, like to own. So I need to get on that. I stumbled upon this on Netflix about in 2010. I can't believe this was on Netflix. This and uh, and the Bullet Man were both on Netflix. Really? Yeah. And I was bummed that Body Hammer wasn't on there because Body Hammer is the one that's kind of uh, evaded me for a long time. And Body Hammer sounds like. What Evil Dead 2 is the Evil Dead 1. You take the same concept, you take the same actors, you blow up the budget, and you kind of uh, build on it. Gotcha. Okay. Um, I'd, I'd be interested. Definitely interested in that. Yeah, and I, they use the same actors, like, every time, I think. This this this, salar- this salary man comes back for one and two. Shinya Tsukamoto plays the metal fetishist in all three. I swear to God, I thought you just said celery man, and I almost lost my goddamn mind. <laughs> <laughs> Computer. Load up Celery Man. This movie would be way more interesting if it was the fucking Celery Man. <laughs> Good morning, Paul. <laughs> you guys just want to get into this because I don't even know where to fucking start with this movie. Yeah, plot. let's get, let's just crunch the plot real quick. Yeah, it's very much up to interpretation. But as far as I understand, it's about a Celery Man who comes in contact with what is only described and named as the metal fetishist, uh, who is a man who likes to jab metal into his body. And he sits in, like, a cocoon or a nest of just scrap. Okay. That, <laughs> that is, like, the artistic interpretation of it. But I feel like the plot of the movie hinges on the salary man is getting a blowjob from his wife while he's driving. And he hits this fucking dude who is, like, shoving metal into his body. And they think he's dead, so they load him up into their car and they dump him down a fucking hill, but he's still alive? And then they fuck each other in front of this dude, and then they leave. And then he comes back as some kind of crazy, like, entity that can manipulate metal or some shit. He comes back as fucking Rufio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> oh, man. His, his, look, his look drastically changes from scene to scene to scene, too, because like, every time you see him again, he's either naked in his metal nest or... Or his hair is about a foot taller, and he's got just more shit on his face. Well, and it's interesting too. Like Joe, you make the uh, you know the Eraserhead comparison, and it's like this movie just for people that haven't seen it is all shot in black and white, um, which definitely adds to the crazy feel of it all. Yeah, uh, it's it's endearing to me because it just the way that everything's represented, like like uh, Connor was saying, with the sounds and the visuals and the kind of disorientating um filmmaking in general and the effects are not great but they really are helped by the fact that it's black and white it seems like the effects are almost deliberately shitty to kind of add to the 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 dreamlike feel to it all well i think i think they did what they what they could with what they had yeah and it was a good choice i read that crew members were quitting day to day well they probably didn't know what the fuck they were working on oh this was and i think it was largely contributed to uh uh the, the guy who plays the Sour Man said that basically if you're one of the people who committed to the idea of living on the set, you are more likely to be miserable and leave the project. So he basically said, like, I, I stayed away from the set unless I had to film something. Based purely on the way that the movie portrays it, I mean, that set looks depressing. Oh, yeah. It's very bleak. Until they get to the, like, the third act of the movie, um, everything is claustrophobic and shot in these tiny little spaces. There is tons of super, super uncomfortable close-ups uh, of people sweating, of people's eyeballs, of people's teeth, TVs, like people's feet. It's just, it's it's the most aggressive movie I've ever seen. It's got, like, a sense of hyper-realism to it that makes you feel uncomfortable, you know? Yes. Like, you're so 
intimate with the character or the, what the character's looking at that you feel like you're experiencing it. And it works really well to make you uncomfortable, which I guess is the goal here. And the music, the the music needs to be. Oh, I love the music. The fucking okay. So the music is composed by a guy named I haven't pulled up. Uh, Chu Ishikawa. She's I think he's done music for all three of the movies. It's it's industrial music, but if you strip down everything you kind of understand about the genre and just base it out at just metal and percussion and like. Horrible, horrifying sounds that kind of end up sounding very rhythmic. It is the harshest kind of music you'll ever hear. It sounds like it's being produced by an actual factory of robots. Well, I think that's why it really works, especially with this theme of you know the metal taking everything over. It just, it, it just feel like even the music is getting taken over by the metal. Yeah, and like the opening credit, the op- well, no, the title sequence is awesome. It's just this. It's just the salary man, and he's sitting there, and there's like there's steam and water flying everywhere, and he's gyrating or seizuring or something he does his best fucking triple h impression he spits some water all over the place (laughs) he's like he's just he's just having this kind of like episode and uh there's there's strobe lighting and the music it's just like it said this harsh industry music and just the words tetsuo fly across the screen that is your opening credits yeah right before that you see the the main uh protagonist or antagonist, rather, like, stick a piece of fucking rebarb in his leg. He, like, cuts it open and, like, sticks a piece of rebarb in it. Yeah, he learned that one from Daniel Baldwin. <laughs> He's like, this is where you just cut, and you you, you take the, the, the device out of your leg, and you have the plot. I'm going back to the future. Here I go. <laughs> <laughs> the magical exposition. Uh, the- oh, it's a, it's a plot device for sure. And then he gets hit by a car. Yeah, so you spend a few minutes, th- well, maybe about a minute or two, the metal fetishist as he's jamming rebar into his leg and screaming the entire time. Uh, and then you slam cut to the salary man, who I guess we'll just call Sal. Okay, that works for me. Good old Sal. This is when he's shaving, right? Uh, Yeah, he's shaving with like the weirdest, like, it's like a palm electric buzzer. By the way, it should be noted that his face is as pristine as a baby's bottom. I don't know why he's shaving. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's how it stays that way. He is baby skin smooth. You guys kind of went into like the, the the plot, but basically, you see the scene of the guy with the pipe in the leg, and then he freaks out. He like snaps out of it for a second because he sees maggots growing out of his leg. Oh, that's right. Yes. Oh, yeah. And he he runs in the road and he gets hit by a car while this like really smooth jazz music plays and as you know the movie progresses they kind of play it almost like um you know they 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 shell out this information piecemeal like towards the end of the movie but it's in- essentially implied that Sal fucking ran this guy over yeah it's woven in between like awful mutilation like body mutilations yeah and it seems to imply like the metal fetishist has this kind of extra human power i guess i don't know how to fucking describe it because like the abilities that people have in this movie aren't aren't really uh explained but like i guess the metal fetish is already figuring out what he can do at this point because he's using the pipes in his fucking feet to gumby across the city (laughs) yeah i don't get i don't get it like (laughs) okay first of all i thought this was like an entity that was like inside sal like i thought it was just like uh, a personification of whatever's going on inside him. Right, because it's clear that he's guilty about what happened because he keeps thinking about what exactly. he did. But clear, but at the same time, like when they show that later in the movie, like he's kind of an asshole about it. Oh, he's a piece of shit. Oh, he's a real douchebag, um, and he gets what he deserves. Rightfully so. Yeah. 
Um, I think the the fetishist and the salary man actually the longer the movie went, and I, again I haven't visited since 2010, uh, I started to think that they could be have some kind of psychic link. Well, that's what I was thinking too. How or or where that's established is kind of up in the air, but it's towards the end of the movie becomes more and more apparent. Yeah. Um. So salary man's in his in his uh in his house or apartment or what have you, and he's shaving like Connor was saying, and he notices a piece of metal sticking out of his cheek, and he goes to grab it, and it like fucking pops on his cheek and pops like a zit yeah just fucking blood goes everywhere and then slam cut uh, there's a lot of crazy cuts in this movie and just shit that just ends abruptly and goes right into something else so it's a it might be a little bit disjointed as we're talking about it but from there he's like sitting at his telephone speaking to his wife i guess and they just keep saying hello to each other over and over again they they say mushy mushy to each other about 15 times but the the weirder part about it is the salary man is reading a newspaper but he has it pressed all the way up against his eyeballs yeah it's also like folded in like into like uh you know how you used to fold paper in school like hamburger or hot dog yeah yeah it's folded like hot dog and he's it, just it's like folded into like <laughs> an eighth and yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. Like he's, it's like he's reading like one column yeah and then finally, like after about a, like a minute and a half of just mushy, 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 like well, well, he's thinking back to when he when they had sex in the in the fucking woods. He's like thinking about that, going mushy, mushy, and it like cuts to that on the screen, and then it like you know it swings back to him real quick, and like, he kind of like goes about his day. And it's weird because it, without the knowledge that that is them um, at the scene of the the, the accident. Um, it looks like a movie he's watching on TV. It is. Well, that's what they... I think that was cool because they used the television to kind of project his memories and thoughts yeah. throughout the film, which is kind of neat. Um, and then, you know, this is the first glimpse of that uh, guilt that we were talking about here that's kind of eating him up. And then, uh, and then we cut right to the subway, and it's very uncomfortable. This guy is thinking about all... Um, all the events that had happened, and he he's kind of like starting to lose his grip on uh, sanity here. There's not a single shot from this point forward where this guy isn't covered in a cold sweat. Oh yeah, he he is miserable from here on out. And so he sits next to this woman who uh, is kind of just like minding her own business, and then she sees like this pile of metal crud. I don't, I don't know how to describe it. It's James Wood's hand. <laughs> Long live the new flesh, okay? I mean, how could you not think about that? I mean, I don't know what year that movie came out, but fuck. It's very it's very uh, Cronenberg-esque uh, when we start really getting into the uh, details here. But, uh, but yeah, it looks like a bird's nest made out of fucking metal. And um, this little man is lying in it, I think. That's what, you know, the, the film is suggesting. Um, and she bends over with, like, a pen or some shit and, like, pokes it, and this thing, like, latches onto her fucking hand, and then all of a sudden she has, like, disfigured, gross, robotic hand, and Sal fucking freaks. I swear to God, I thought she was feeding it a french fry. (laughs) She started- I was like, where's she gonna fuck a french fry out of her purse? (laughs) You thought it was a french fry? Yeah, I don't know. Pen makes way more sense now that you say that, though. She starts, like, itching her hand, and it's, like, this disgusting, like, scratching uh, foley that they put in. Yeah, oh, the sound work in this movie is, is skin-crawling. The 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 effects on, like, all the weird uh, cybernetic, like, biological metal crap um, 
it's super low budget and somehow really effective and disgusting. It works really well. Because it's, it's, it bl- it's black and white, so I can't tell what is actually what outside of, like, the obvious things like, oh, that's a metal finger. But in between, it looks like someone took, like, insulation or some shit like that and sprayed it over somebody's hand and then just jabbed some junk into it. it, it it's pretty effective. Oh, without a doubt. And, you know, uh, in regards to the black and white, it, the, the lighting also helps to sell everything. Um, this woman has a, this freak transformation where she stands up and now she has a horrifying metal claw. Uh, and, uh, I think there's some metal coming out of her face. She starts getting all kinds of fucked up, and she starts chasing him. She chases this <laughs> Well, and it's also, you know, you see, you see the shot of the metal, uh, fetish, and, uh, you know, he, he's, like, in this, uh, I don't even know what you would call it. He's, like, he, it looks like he's almost sitting in, like, water, but it kind of looks like baked beans almost it's like real muddy water he just has all this uh these metal contraptions all around him just like jutted uh cables um i don't even know like a bunch of just whatever you could possibly think of as metal junk thrown together uh surrounding him like it's almost like part of his home base yeah i I just thought he was like this little personification of whatever this ailment was i didn't know if that guy was in uh, the salary man, or if he was in the fucking nest that was underground that went onto her hand, I was like, I, 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 I'm not getting it yet, and I still really don't understand. But okay. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely in the same boat. It's kind of like they eventually explain it, I suppose, if that's the word you want to use. He has like a, it's a layer, but you're never told where it is. Yeah, I thought it was like a, like a, like a different dimension or some shit. That too, I have to assume it's connected to the abandoned factory they they keep going back to. Because they, they, like, visually return to that spot quite a few times, uh, and I think it's connected to that somehow. I'm not positive. Like, obtuse is a good word to describe how this movie presents itself. It's not trying to give you answers very in a straightforward way at all. It just kind of presents something weird to you and just hopes you accept it. So, she chases him into this fucking bathroom? By the way, bathrooms bathrooms in Japanese subways have cages above the stalls. I guess so people can't get what? in. Why would you need to keep people from getting in? I don't know. It's a bathroom. I don't know, but it makes an effective scene. Yeah, it's creepy, man. This fucking lady is like full bore cyborg now, and she's like up top. She like cuts off her fucking ear and like drops it in the toilet next to him. Yeah. And he looks up. He's like, what the fuck? And this, it like grabs him and pulls him out of the... Doesn't it, like, pull him, like, through the fucking cage? Well, it tries to, and he kind of, like, pulls a pen or something out of his pocket and juts it into her neck, like, through the grate. Now, I thought what was going to happen was he's going to kill this woman, and it's going to turn out that she's just a regular woman. Right, like, it was, like, him imagining it or something like that. (laughs) Nope! (laughs) Yeah, that's not what happens. She's... (laughs) She's totally a fucking cyborg. Then she, like chokes this dude and like puts him up against the ceiling and like is like stabbing him with with the fucking hand and then this is the first of a series of these weird weird shots where like connor said before we start gumbying around town and if you don't know what the fuck gumby is or what that means basically in in the animated series of gumby he like skates around in stop motion but he's in the same pose he's he's posed in this kind of mid-run where, like, one foot's off the ground, one foot's on the ground, he's got his arms in a position where he's about to take off, and it's they just kind of slide around in this foot, and then when you see people do it, 
It's both the weirdest, uh, funniest, and scariest thing you'll see. Well, because it, it just basically is this stagnant shot that's going down a fucking street or down a, a hallway, and it's just like it's stilted. So instead of just being, um, you know, a straight shot, just staying the same the whole time, it's just like a frame, a frame, 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 frame. So it's just like really disjointed. It also sounds like a nightmare to film. Uh, each time they do this, there's like a the sound of like this plane crashing or like landing. I don't even know. <laughs> the sound design, especially towards the end, gets very weird and at some points off-putting. Yeah. Um. So then he like so so we skate around town in. I'm gonna just call it that. <laughs> we skate around town <laughs> into a fucking garage. And he, like, slams the garage door shut, and I'm like, where the fuck is this guy? How did he get there? Why is he there? I was waiting for Ray to come out with his fucking snakes. Yeah, he's like, hey, you want some CO2 or something? Come here. So he's in there trying to hide, and this and this android lady fucking, like, pulls up the door. And the only way I can explain this, it, it, you'd have to see it, but, like, she's, like, cracking her neck and doing all these weird fucking... Uh, poses and shit. The sound design again is just really off the wall, and um, yeah, she goes after this guy. Uh, he tries to defend himself with like thing like a, a tire iron and something else because he's, he's yeah, like I said, he's in this garage. Uh, and she she kind of gets a hold of him. I think they think doesn't he see flashes of the fetishes too here? Like it's they're they're I think their connection becomes a little more apparent. Uh, sort of. He's like laughing. Yeah. Yeah, the fetishist uh, laughs, and then uh, Sal grabs this fucking woman and bear hugs her, and breaks her fucking back. Bear hugs her to death. He fucking punches her in the head, and her like neck breaks, and then she like slaps it back into place and starts like puking blood onto him. It's black and white, but this movie's disgusting. <laughs> There's a lot of really grotesque violence, uh, even if it's just black goo that you're looking at. Yeah, he punches her, snaps her neck, and then just over the course of maybe thirty seconds, bear hugs her to death. And he doesn't seem like a really tough guy. So I guess that's supposed to imply that he's starting to get taken over by the metal, or I think so. I think it was. I think it began the moment the thing popped out of his cheek. Um. So he kills this thing or this woman. This woman infested with metal. Is this the fucking weird like dream sequence thing? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, first he gets the the metal on his shoes or on his shoes on his feet. Like an Inspector Gadget with the fucking go-go rocket shoes. Oh my god, was that this part? Was that this, or was that after the dream? He has that happen to him, and he and he freaks out, and then he he has this dream where this fucking cyborg woman. Oh my god, this woman has like this metal. The only thing I can, it, it, it's like it's a robo dick. Okay, it's a dick. It's a fucking snake dick, but with like vacuum tubing. And harsh, sharpy bits towards the end. Yeah, and she's, like, dancing around, wagging this fucking dick around, and she's, like, licking the fucking head and shit. And this fucking guy's, like, naked on the ground, and she starts, like, seducing him, and then jams this giant fucking robot dick up his ass, and it just, like, keeps going, and it's going so fast that his ass starts smoking. Yeah. And then it just cuts back to him, and he's like, what the fuck just happened? He's like feeling around on his face and his legs and shit. Oh, his, like, there's, like, a big giant fucking metal tumor on his arm now, and, like, Sean was saying, he's got, like, uh, these, like, metal tumors, like, on the backs of his, uh, like, Achilles heel. Well, it's like, you know, th that's when you start making the, the real Akira references, and when he's got the one on the arm, it's like, okay, I see where this is going. And the things on his feet are, like, little mini thrusters. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> They're little propulsors. Well, the weirdest thing about this is he has this this crazy dreamer he's raped, 
by the uh, snake cyborg penis. And then uh, you find out that his wife or girlfriend is basically the chick from his fucking dream. But, well, you know, not with the cyborg cybernetics, but she looks exactly the same. Fun bit of trivia, his girlfriend, I think she had something. Oh, that's right. She was, the girlfriend's a cinematographer. Oh, really? Yeah. Weird. And Shinya Tsukamoto, the director, is the metal fetishist. I'm not sure if I mentioned that either. Oh, no, I did not know that. Yeah. So, uh, so from there, he goes home, and then he fucks his girlfriend, and then, like, in the middle of the night, he, like, gets up and goes into the bathroom, and... He, he, like, starts peeling his face away, like Terminator, and he's got, like, a big chunk of fucking metal on the side of his face. It reminded me of the scene in The Fly when Jeff Goldblum was looking in the mirror. Yes, yeah, totally did. Or, like, Poltergeist when the guy starts peeling his face off. Yes. By the way, uh, this, these two have sex for, like, this is, I think earlier in episodes I compared awkward sex scenes to the scale of, like, one to Watchmen. <laughs> this is a 15 on that scale. It goes on for fucking ever. At some point, he's, like, seductively feeding her sausage and shit, and every time she bites into the fork, all the sound drops out, except for, like, one weird sound effect, like... Well, it's, like, metal screeching is what it is. It's metal screeching, yeah. Yeah, she's, like, licking the sausage, and it's, like, uh, sharpening a knife? Well, and the thing, too, is because she looks exactly like the thing from his dream, it's almost like a metaphor when it licked, like, the snake uh, metal dick. Now she's licking this sausage. It's like, oh, okay. And it's a super bizarre sequence because once it happens once, and this dude is like, okay, that's not normal. Uh, but then he does it again, and then he does it again, and then he does it again. And then he kind of freaks out, and he just gets up and goes to the kitchen. <laughs> well, he, well, no, he freaks out because he, he gets a boner from it, and his dick turns into a drill. Oh, that's <laughs> right. Okay, okay, so that's right, okay. He's, like, turned on by he it. Gets, he, he gets a little t- aroused, and then we start to hear this fucking sound, and his brand spanking new fucking Death Drill Dick comes barreling through the table. It looks like he has Tunneler from Puppet Master on the end of his dick. Yeah, it looks like something that, like, you'd see in a, it, like, uh, I think there's a Mega Man X villain. Yeah, I was thinking the exact same thing, oddly enough. You know what it looks like? What? The, the little drills that Shredder and Bebop and Rocksteady used to drive around in. <laughs> it's weird. I mean, f- this movie is already super weird, not to keep saying that over and over again, but it just keeps going up from there. His his drill deck, like, destroys everything. Like, it almost seems to have a mind of its own. It's like, it's it's ramming the table and destroying it. It's, it's throwing itself into a bookshelf. And he's, like, slowly turning into this monster. Um, so his dick is taken over, and then he starts getting, like, other parts of his face and his body uh, before he becomes full-blown fucking... Iron Man. Well, he, uh, as this is happening, like, he gets up and, like, runs off to the bathroom or something like that and puts a sheet over his head. There's, like, two sequences in this movie that have, are heavy on dialogue. This is one, and the other one is the ending. There's almost no talking in this movie. And then the girlfriend keeps saying, like, hey, what's going on? I'm not gonna be bothered by it. I'm, I'm good. Show me your face. And then he does, and she freaks out. She's like, uh, don't leave me by myself. Yeah, and he's like, he's like, ah, oh, fuck you now. Ah, oh, you don't like me, huh? So now I'm gonna fuck you up my drill dick. And he's chasing her around the apartment, and she ends up, like, stabbing him in the fucking throat with a knife? Well, well, first he, he, you know, he has this really fucking creepy shot of him um, standing, like, in the light as the drill dick is just going. Also, like, during this entire sequence, there's this cool effect where every time he's about to have a new transformation, like, some parts of his, like, clothing 
like burst up and kind of bubble. Yeah, and there's like this cool stop motion effect. Yeah, there's this horrifying sound effect that goes with it that makes it sound like there's something about to burst out of his body. But right before she stabs him uh, in the jugular, uh, I just thought this was funny. She takes this uh, pan that he'd been cooking something on and she just presses it on his metal part of his face. <laughs> He's like, ah! Well, was this before or after she mule kicks the fuck out of him from the floor and I laughed my ass off because he goes like... <laughs> I think it's all part of the same sequence. He goes like two feet into the air. It's so goddamn funny looking because he's coming at her with his big fucking drill penis. Um, and she throws both of her feet into the air and just just kicks this dude into oblivion. It's so fucking funny looking. I thought she was going to like throw like hot oil on him or something. That's what I thought she was doing. She goes for the, the more roundabout, seemingly more sadistic method of just pressing it against his face. Not even like bashing him in the fucking head, just like slowly lowering it to his face. Uh, and then like, yeah, she, she sears his face with his hot pan, like stabs him in the throat. Uh, and then if you weren't uncomfortable yet, now you are, because they start making out. Well, she starts kissing him. She starts licking his fucking eyeball while she's, like, fucking him with the knife in his throat. Yeah, the knife's still in his throat, and she's straddling him, and she's, like, sucking on his face, and he's kind of responding to it. Yeah, but mind you, he's got half of his head, essentially, is all metal, and, like, the right half of his body is pretty much all metal by now. He looks like Ricky Coogan from Freaked. <laughs> like, before he goes full mutant. So this is happening, and then... Like all of a sudden, it's a it cuts to a shot of her from like maybe the chest up, uh, and blood is spraying against the curtains from behind her. Whoops! He slipped it in. She is getting dick drilled. Yeah, she somehow during this scuffle, uh, man gets her with a drill dick and just shreds her to pieces. And then he takes a bath because <laughs> that's what you do after you kill your girlfriend with a drill penis. Covers his whole apartment in blood, then goes takes a bath. From there, we, we take, like, a quick trip back to, like, that factory warehouse area. And I think this is, like, a flashback for the, the fetishist. And there's, like, this doctor talking, like, on... There's a few parts in the movie where the director, uh, he does this thing where he basically is filming uh, a scene off of a TV. And you have, like, this cool scan line effect. And there's this doctor talking to... I think that's who he's talking to, is, is the metal fetishish yeah he's got like a fucking chunk of metal in his head he like he alludes to so you get a little bit of that like a little bit more insight on what's happening there if you even want to call it insight <laughs> again it's like it's like a little piece of of you know what's what's going on here here it is do you get it no oh well well fuck you well <laughs> moving on it comes back to sal and now he's pretty much all metal now and uh Except for, like, his face. And he gets a phone call from somebody. He gets a phone call from the metal fetishist. Is that who it was? It's a phone call from the fetishist. He says, like, he says, like I found you. I know what you did. And he's like, he's like, I'm coming for you. Ah! He's like, fuck you. You're all metal now, aren't you? Good. I hope you die. Yeah, this is where you get a little more uh, what their relationship is to each other um, as, this, as this sequence kind of goes on. Because like, the whole second act of this movie is just the apartment. If you even want to call them axed, like, I don't even... Is this where, is this where we finally see the fetishist? He's, like, putting on makeup, and he's, like, getting all ready to go, like, see this guy? Oh, yeah, he, he puts on his best fucking suit, his best pants, uh, and he makes a bouquet of metal flowers. Yeah! Uh, and he does this by, uh, gumbying on two feet. Like, basically in a position where his feet are on the ground, one hand's at his side, and the other one's holding a bouquet out, and he has this very plain, nonplussed expression on his face. And that image blasts through Japan. All the way all the way to the dude's apartment. And as he's doing this, like his his flower bouquet, like he's making it by 
and if this is all done in stop motion, like bikes and and bike racks and street signs and fuck everything metal of all kinds are crumbling up and flying into his hands. It's really cool. It's really interesting. And it's almost hard to describe because the visual is it's des- describing the visual is not doing it justice. No, not at all. So he he's doing the stop motion, you know, gumbying uh, and it cuts back to Sal, and he's kind of, like, having a flashback, and it's, like, they finally kind of go into, you know, what we were talking about earlier, where it shows, like, him hit the guy with his car, and basically the guy's, like, on the ground, like, fucked up from getting hit by a car, and they're just like, oh, what do we do? And they throw him, like, in their back seat. It's him and his girlfriend, and they drop him into a fucking ditch in the woods, and uh, then they have sex, like, right there. And the guy's alive watching this all happen. Yeah, they're like fucking on it next to it on a tree right next to this guy. Like, take this guy to a fucking hospital. Like, what are you thinking? <laughs> yeah, like, what are you doing? I mean, I guess the thing was if he died and this guy is, you know, quote, you know, the, he's never got the name in the movie, but it's a salary man on, you know, Wikipedia. So is it just the implication there? If you really want to read that deeply into it, that, oh, shit, I hit someone with a car. I'm going to lose my job. Yeah, probably. Or like be sued or what have go to jail. Um, so the fetishist uh, shows up at his apartment, and he's like... Well, okay, we have to describe how the fetishist shows up, because in the interim of all this, the sour man puts his dead girlfriend in the bathtub and, like, covers her in little flower petals. And then he grows a wolverine claw. Yeah, he grows a wolverine claw. <laughs> After you see the metal fetishist kind of, like, getting ready to go out in the town, uh, his girlfriend fucking respawns. Uh, and attacks him with a knife. Uh, and then while she has him pinned against the wall, she suddenly stops. Oh, he stabs her, does he not? Yeah, but the fetishist grabs, like, a fucking spigot and, like, melts it. And then it goes through the pipes and then onto the girlfriend's hand that's in the tub. That's how That's how she, I guess, she comes back to life. So she reanimates... And then he fucking stabs his girlfriend again, kills her again, because now she's like a zombie almost. And she turns into a pile of tumors and falls apart. And <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. The fetish guy is inside her, like animating her corpse. And he like he like pops out of her, and it's like just fucking covered in goop and hair. Yeah, and he's like, here's these flowers, and he sticks them in his fucking face. <laughs> and he's basically just like, you know. I'm going to torture you forever for what you did. Uh, and then we get... Uh, and <laughs> this chase sequence is out of fucking control. They they proceed to have another one of these stop-motion chase sequences, but these get more impressive as they're going along because at this point, Salary Man has become the titular Iron Man. He is covered in he- head to toe in just junk. I don't know how they made this. I don't know how it was functional. Uh, and I don't know how they got away with filming this ridiculous-looking thing out on some residential streets, seemingly with no people in any of them. It, it's got to be like some kind of like uh, you know industrial part of the city. Uh, right before they go on the race, I just want to add real quick. He takes a uh, the fetishist takes a fucking television and smashes it into Sal's face, and he's like, "Here, I want to show you something. Look at this. It's Metal Land." <laughs> Yeah, and then we take a fucking trick to the Hug-A-Bunch land. It's just like a fucking three-minute acid trip with all these crazy stop-motion shits. Yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah, this is the uh, this is the post-apocalyptic metal future that uh, this, the metal fetishist wants. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to kill everything and turn everything into metal. I'm going to take you to metal land. Yeah. He's like, meet my minions, Hugga and Hugsy. <laughs> It looks like uh, it looks like the model from Beetlejuice, just like if you stripped everything down just to a metal skeleton. 
It's it's super funny looking, uh, but it's kind of cool at the same time. This like I don't even have to describe Salary Man's look at this point because he's got like I don't know a, two dozen little mini thrusters in his back and his legs, uh, and his face is almost I don't know I would say seventy five to eighty percent covered in garbage. If you put a Gundam toy on a radiator, that's what he would look like. <laughs> He does have a he does have an action league now melt man look to him. Yeah. Uh, and then this this chase goes on for a minute or two. Again, it's all stop motion surrealness, and it they get to a factory. Well, you call it a chase, but like I think what's actually happening here is is uh, He's manipulating him exactly. And they get to this factory, this fa- same factory we kind of keep revisiting over and over again. And there's what appears to be a homeless man standing in the middle of it, and he grabs a piece of rebar. And he goes, hey, Sonny, and starts to, like, jack off the rebar. Yeah, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) And then he fucking beating on uh, Metal Fetish, this guy. Well, first he has an umbrella. He's just hitting against, like, a wall making sound. And then he starts hitting with this fucking rebar. And it's just, what is even happening anymore? I don't know. He's beating the lawyer. uh, The lawyer. What what was his name? Salary man. He's, like, beating salary man with a fucking piece of rebar. But I guess fetishist feels the pain that he induces like he that he takes and he's like no stop don't do that because you're killing him i kind of got the idea that this is a weird flashback of the metal fetishist like dad or something and that's why he's the way he is because oh, you think so the rebar he's using is the same i mean it looks the same as the one he jabs into his leg in the beginning of the movie oh that's why he says sunny well yeah i just thought that was i thought that was just like uh i thought it was just fucking weirdness for the sake of yeah and i'm like the subtitle of hey sonny that killed me now that you just kind of uh conjure that up yeah that kind of makes sense i i kind of see you like with if, if that's what they were going for I, I can see that i could be way off base but extrapolating story details this movie becomes a little difficult at this point now this is the part you know i, I kind of half joked in the beginning that this movie is the volcano scene from twin peaks season three this part of the movie is the volcano scene from twin peaks season three <laughs> <laughs> And for those of you out there who haven't seen it, it's just basically this fucking scene that goes on for like, I want to say like five minutes of just, I don't even know how to explain it. It's like the inside of a blender. Are you talking about the the, the fucking black and white episode uh, that's just all about like the origins of Bob? Yes. Yeah, that episode is impossible to describe uh, to anyone ever because you have to you have to experience it. But that that's the closest thing I can think of. The only way I can sum this up is it's again it's just this fucking fever dream of crazy cuts of stop motion animation metal strings and body parts and phalluses and all this kind of crazy shit that the fetishist and salaryman are kind of like fighting with each other because at one point like salaryman turns into like this big fucking blob of shit because the fetishist like wills all of this metal and he just keeps like pounding them with all this metal from inside the factory and then again he looks like a giant fucking tetsuo <laughs> he does yeah he looks this is where the movie just goes straight up akira and then this is where the fetish is kind of a, he, he offers you the only two pieces of information about their transformations that you'll get throughout the film. He says like the metal I infused in my body was rusted and the rust fused with my cells so my basically implying that his transformations will become more grotesque and unstable I suppose. And salary man uh his metal was pure uh and he's not rusted so he's basically like the 
the he's the perfect version of what the metal fetishist should wants to be. Well, he's his yin to his yang. You know, one's positive, one's negative. One can add to things, and one can take away. Then at this point, he like he's telling him all of this. The fetishist, he's telling salaryman all this. And then the salary man's like, oh, yeah, well, fuck you. And he, like, grabs them, and they, like, mesh together. They start to mesh together. Well, no, they become the fucking thing the dog turns into in the thing. <laughs> like, except, that, it, it, but just junk, the junk version of it. Well, he comes at him with this fucking Mega Man pistol arm, and he uh, Sal just shoots out this fucking web at him at the last second and catches him. Sal also gets him with the mega drill dick. Yes. Oh yeah, <laughs> he fucking drills him right through the chest with it. He, he grows to like four of them, like it, but like a little like a like a spiked turtle shell. Like four of them pop out from what I can only assume is his foot or something or something. <laughs> he's kind of indescribable at this point. He's formless, and they have this very strange up close kind of duel. And then. Like, this stop-motion, like, belly opens up. Like, this void opens up on Salaryman. This big fucking giant mountainous metallic slob. And he and fucking the, uh, the fetishist gets sucked into that. And then there's, like, this weird moment where that 50s music comes back again. Oh, this is the rebirth sequence? Yeah, yeah they're it's like, like the scene from 2010. Yeah. <laughs> weird with the fucking baby it cuts to like this very this this blank space with clean versions of both the salary man and the metal fetish just kind of floating in midair together and they're connected by a metal umbilical cord and then they like they join hands yeah and they like fuse together yeah and then we come back to reality i guess if you won't even want to call it that and um the fucking salary man's face like Bursts out of the fucking stomach of uh, uh, I'm sorry. Oh no, this is uh, it's it's the metal fetishist. He's trying to escape this forced fusion, I suppose. Yeah, he's trying to get out. He turns into a contraboss. <laughs> <laughs> he's like the fucking turtle at the end of Alien Wars, the first level. Comes out as like a pod, like it's just a face with like a fucking semen tail, but it's all metal and flesh. It looks like Freddy in Nightmare Three when he's the fucking yes. worm. And then he tries to escape, like he worms his way out. And Salaryman counters this by just basically absorbing anything metal in their surrounding area and just pulls it all into him. And kind of, uh, he, he, it's his ultimate technique, I suppose. Uh, and then some more weird, fu- some fucking weird stop motion sequences here. Uh, this is when they're in like the, 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 the sacks. Yeah. This sequence goes on for about five minutes and it's just rando stop motion shit and, I can't even begin to explain to you what is going on in this scene, except for the fact that it's just kind of like chaos. It's the implied rebirth of these two men to this new form. Right. But they don't, it's not a quick transformation. This goes on and on and on, and you're just subjected to this, like, artillery assault of weirdness. Yeah, the the sounds, the screams, the, the visuals, it's all... It's like an assault on the senses, really. Well, it's like every scene, you're just like, that's the weirdest thing this movie's done so far. And then the next scene happens, you're like, I stand corrected. And the movie cracks its knuckles, it's like, sit tight. So, then these motherfuckers are formed into one being. Oh man, this thing looks funny. Uh, It's a giant dick with balls. It's a giant dick, but at the very, very top of this, of said metal dick, is the metal metal fetish's face... And just his tiny hand poking out, holding a newsie that he now has. Yeah, it's right out of the pee hole. Yeah. 
and then the salary man's face is right on the nutsack. And he's he's basically he's barely there. Like half of his face is present at this point, and he's like, ah, this feels good. He looks like a fucking creature out of like I don't even know what. Like I don't, I, I can't even. <laughs> It's it's very very strange. Uh, he goes he does go full Akira at this point. No, yeah, definitely. I, I I initially said like Rita Repulsa, but that's like not fair to the Power Rangers. Like I don't even know what this thing is. I say Rita ha- Rita has a form. This doesn't. Yeah. I mean, outside of being a dick, it's a totally huge dick because you see it from the back when it's like driving around. Oh yeah, it drives around. And there's a huge mushroom head on it. <laughs> The Sour Man says, like, ah, oh, this feels good, and the... What does he say at the end? He says, like, oh, they, they agree to turn the whole world into metal and rust, scattering it into the dust of the universe by claiming our love can put an end to this fucking world. Let's go. So... Here we have these two guys. This one dude is being terrorized by this other fucking maniac who can manipulate metal and transforms this guy into, like, a metal beast. And then they conjoin in, like, an Akira-style fucking fuckfest... And now they're one being, and they're just like, hey, you know what? We love each other. Let's destroy everything and turn everything into metal. Let's go make metal land. And this fucking thing drives off, and he's shooting his gun. It drives. It moves. Yeah. <laughs> it is the wackiest looking thing. It's a giant dick, and it's it's the same stop motion technique as before, but it's, just, it's so fucking big. And it's being blasted down these tiny, tiny streets. And then it cuts the credits. <laughs> And then it says, and then it says, game over. <laughs> this movie's fucking weird. I liked it a lot. Oh, I love this movie so much. I said to Connor before we recorded that I really enjoyed it uh, for what it was, but I don't know if I actually like it as a movie. I I, I said it earlier that uh, this it's something you can't recommend on quality because I don't even know if it's a bad movie or a good movie because I don't think it was. It's it's an experimental film and it's just there to kind of see what works. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that's true. This is the kind of film that I like need for my collection. You know what I mean? Like it's just so fucking out there um and wacky. How could you not enjoy this film? Like And it wears its influences on its sleeve, but there's nothing like it. Because even Akira at, at its peak weirdness is is nowhere near this level. Like it some at sometimes it feels like other things, but like yeah, like you said that was a perfect way to put it like it's its own thing. And then you'll... I, I've compared it to Evil Dead because there's a lot of first-person uh, zippy camera motions that are done in the same stop-motion effect, and it's very reminiscent of the cabin shots from Evil Dead 1, but somehow way more aggressive because it's done with this this awful, awful music in this super fast pace. Yeah. It's it's rough around the edges, and I think that's what makes it more unnerving, to tell you the truth. Yes. No, it's 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 intentionally lo-fi. Also, like it's it doesn't feel like it's it's from '88. It feels like it would be maybe mid '90s or something like that. It feels way ahead of whatever the whenever the fuck this was supposed to be made, by you know by decree of the universe. This it feels way way more advanced. And I'm bummed we don't hear more from this guy. And I I guess he's he's been working steadily. He has a movie called The uh, Haze, I think, that's all about like. Someone waking up in a tiny concrete room. Oh Jesus! 2016, he uh, made a few things. Oh my! Wait a minute. He was he worked in Shin Godzilla. Did he really? He was an actor in Shin Godzilla. That's awesome. And like I said earlier, I've seen the Bullet Man. Um, and the Bullet Man is, it's this, but stretched out over a course of maybe 90 minutes. Um, it's a little more subdued, and it has an actual plot. It's yeah, it's weird. It's almost because it's it's American produced, so I guess it can't be that like fucking really off the walls. 
but the Bullet Man, the that character and that concept itself is really interesting because he basically just over the course of the movie keeps keeps he keeps turning into just this fucking giant gun or something, <laughs> and then by the end of it, he is just a cannon. He just. <laughs> He turns into a giant fucking cannon. I don't want to know anymore, because if I ever watch this movie, I want to be as perplexed and amazed as I was with this movie. (laughs) You know, this movie, I think, definitely is one to go on the shelf, but it is a movie that's just... I don't even know how to describe this, because it's... I feel like it would be wrapped in, you know, aluminum foil or some shit, and it'd be like one of those movies on your shelf that you're just not quite sure what it is. So, you know, you pull it off, it has this aluminum, and you go to throw it in the garbage, and you're like, wait a second, let me look at this one more time. Oh, yeah, 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 I remember what this is, and you just put it back on the shelf. It's got its own shelf. It's just the Tetsuo shelf. Yeah, well, you don't want to put it next to anything else. It might take over all the other DVDs on the shelf. Yeah, it's going to absorb everything. Say goodbye to your copy of Hug a Bunch, Joe. Goodbye, Rawhead Rex. Can you imagine the fucking hellscape that would uh, come from the Hug-A-Bunch fusing with Tetsuo the Iron Man? I don't want to be anywhere near that. Hey, man, I I said it a couple times in here. I wasn't joking. (laughs) (laughs) They just come out of, like, fucking cells, like, metal side, and they just pop out, and they're like, come on, give us a hug. They pan, and Grandma's, like, covered in metal. She's like, please kill me. (laughs) (laughs) Somehow, somehow, this is still all John Hurt's fault from Unbound. I, I like to imagine that the, his character now, whatever, Dr. Buchanan, is just in, like, a perpetual shrug. And he's, like, he's just like, what? What do you want me to do about it now? There's nothing I can do. It's, it's fucked. All of it. <laughs> I ripped open the time continuum and I fused this Japanese man with a piece of metal. Was that the weapon he was going to give the president? I don't have an explanation or apology for you, okay, at this point. Just, just accept it. Damn you. <laughs> <laughs> Roll Julia's always just constantly behind him, just like... <laughs> gonna have to start getting like a flow chart ready just to see how we can connect all these <laughs> movies just out of you know we, we need to do the science it'll be easier to understand than i don't know maybe the flash uh but man i love tetsuo the iron man and i'm hope i want to try to dig up uh body hammer because i've never seen it yeah definitely want to see body hammer uh this movie's definitely on the shelf for me um i actually don't own it which is surprising that i don't so i need to pick up a copy of this um, but yeah, I think, I think it was a, it's a good surreal kind of mindfuck film with, uh, a bunch of crazy visuals and I love the stop motion stuff and the sound design's really good and, uh, really enjoyed it. Yeah, totally. Uh, it's again, if you don't have the endurance for this kind of stuff, it's probably not going to appeal to you. Uh, but if your threshold's a little higher, you'll probably enjoy the hell out of this. So that's it. That's Tetsuo the Iron Man from 1989, directed by Shinya Tsukamoto. If you want some more bad movie goodness, you can check us out at moviedumpsterpodcast.com. Follow us at Movie Dumpster on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also check out our sister podcast, The Phantom Zone, hosted by our very own Connor McGraw. You can find them at phantomzonepodcast.wordpress.com. I'm Joe Lascola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. I'm Connor McGraw. Thanks for visiting the dumpster. また、やっちゃいましたね。切っても<笑><笑><笑><笑><笑><笑><笑><笑>